I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. This week we're talking about yards. Yeah. We already kind of talked about yards in the outtakes episode. Mm-hmm. Um, basically just how much I hate yard maintenance specifically. Mm-hmm. But I forget why we were going to talk about this. Maybe because you were doing the container garden or the fire escape garden. Mm-hmm. And we Cut. were like, oh, what's it like to live without a yard? Yeah, well, I was also thinking of things to talk about. Yeah, like episodes Donnie produced. Mm. Um, one thing I was thinking about was living near parks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to like having your own private quote unquote space, having like these public green spaces that you can use. So we'll talk on about that a bit too. Um, but that really spurred the inspiration of it. And then, yeah, thinking about the fire tape garden, thinking about how much you hate yard care. It all just sort of <laughs> led together into this no yard living also i think you were talking about going out you're about to go hiking um and going out and like testing your tent Mm. and how that would be not weird in a yard but Mm -hmm. you're about to go out to the park and like pitch your tent really fast yeah it'd be a little weird (laughs) it was a little weird the previous years i've done it um just good to like brush up on it you know i'm not tenting all the time and you want to be able to do it quickly and efficiently if it's raining or about to storm so rather than like fucking around with it the first couple times going out in the park and getting used to it again is like a pretty good way to reacclimate yourself but if you have a front yard you can just do that and it's chill i gotta go and like hope that no one thinks that you're trying to like live in the park and yeah. then try to dissuade you from living in the park and then it's like a whole thing mm-hmm. i also had to test recently a new uh your camping stove yeah propane stove which is also a bit odd people seem like pretty chill with it on the whole well people grill in the park so maybe people thought that you were just doing like a very tiny grilling situation yeah yeah i think so i think there's that element of it i mean i think being real for a minute there's a very real like white privilege element where like oh this white kid has a camping stove it's totally chill yeah. Um, so there's that piece of it too, uh, but it was still a little weird because the, I mean, it's a jet boil stove, so you it's like quick ignition and it's like, <laughs> when you have like instant boil and I'm just sitting on this park bench in like the barbecue area, and <laughs> like flicking on this. I like that you stuff. went to the barbecue area like just in case. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I was trying to be respectful, sort of. You know. Yeah. Like. Seemed like the right thing to do. Um, I think it is emblematic of a lot of just kind of New York City ethos of like things that are private in other places become very public here. And one of those things is like things you would do in a yard. Not to say that people in New York City don't have yards, it just so happens that this neighborhood doesn't really have yards as like a thing unless you own one of the houses around here 
or mm-hmm. one of the like I don't even know what you'd call them maybe townhomes it's kind of hard to tell yeah but like most people who live around us don't have yards they just go out into the park and so you're kind of aware of this idea of of like things people would privately do outdoors becoming public like big outdoor birthday parties just in the park right and like i don't know maybe now the longer we live here the idea of like private outdoor space seems kind of bizarre Mm. feels kind of like a a reversal where like like a privatizing of something that used to be communal yeah i mean i would say there's a lot of pretty contemporary environmental and environmental theorists thinking similarly i don't know anything about that that was just like a half-baked thought i had right now and said out loud on the podcast yeah no people are thinking about stuff like that out in the world um but it feels especially true here you know yeah because like there are some things you can't do indoors right right like set things on fire yeah yeah i i hate yard maintenance which we know and therefore it would dissuade me from ever having a yard so i'm not mad that we don't have green space i know a lot of people especially people with pets who we know like always talk about getting an apartment with green space but the idea of that to me isn't particularly attractive like you lived in a your apartment in bushwick had kind of like a shared backyard Mm -hmm. and because it was shared and because no one really like took responsibility for the space it was kind of dingy yeah, it's pretty bad. I tried my best to fix it up. It was pretty good for a minute, but it was weird. But, like, on either side of you guys, there were people who were using their yards to great effect. Like, one of them was basically an urban farm. And that was, like, very nice space that was being very well taken care of. And it wasn't, like, bad space that you had, or it wasn't like the mm-hmm. neighborhood was ill-suited to it. It was just, like that wasn't being maintained Mm -hmm. and so it like wasn't nice and i just know of myself that i have zero desire to maintain a space like that and it wouldn't be like a nice extension of our space it would just be like fuck someone has to go weed now it would be like on the level of cleaning yeah i suppose i would like it i think i think the idea of a space similar to the bushwick space could be cool in terms of a garden and i don't know that i'd want like a lawn like to keep up grass per se yeah um but i think what some of the neighbors there were doing is something that i might aspire to perhaps they had raised beds and everything was pretty under control like i would say the parts from what i could see the parts that weren't garden were still just kind of like dirt like they weren't like super manicured gardens in any sense but they were just like effective green spaces and people were growing all sorts of shit they yeah it was like yeah that stuff was popping off like they were feeding themselves from that garden it was really cool it was really impressive yeah um and there are a couple all around us really people were pretty hype on that in the neighborhood which is cool but i'm very content to go to the park and have someone else maintain that park and then for me to go there when i want to do outdoor things Mm -hmm. which really isn't that frequent i suppose (laughs) Yeah, but I don't know. It's nice to walk in the park. I like like going past people's birthday parties and stuff, and being like, "Oh, it looks like you guys are having a nice time." <laughs> yeah, we've never had a party in the park, but mm-hmm. no, but we've done like picnics with friends. So yeah, just a dumb kind of party, low key party. 
I feel like one of the things about living near a park, though, that I had not quite experienced was like the level of bugs mm. that come in. And I'm trying to think about whether um, that's a thing with a yard, too. Like, both of my parents have exterminators, so I think that might be less of an issue for that reason. Mm-hmm. I think, actually, we have an exterminator. I just have never seen that person. Yeah, I don't know. That's but whole other podcast. Sometimes you'll see, like, a gnarly bug. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot. Yeah. Here we go. I also don't know if that's just New York in general or if that's our proximity to the park. I mean, out and about the street, I'd say it's our proximity to the park. There there are some ups and downs. I would say, thinking of, like, critter level and, like, critter control, the nice thing is that, in some ways, there seem to be way fewer, like, rats around here. Mm, That's true. Even way fewer pigeons because living near Inwood Hill as a natural forest, there's a shit ton of hawks mm. up around here. And so they eat rats and pigeons and other things. And so the, there's like this natural pest control. It's not to say that there are none of those things here. Right. But as opposed to like, I don't know, any most anywhere else in the city, the numbers are pretty significantly lower. Which I don't is, know that I've is. ever seen a rat up here, actually. Mm. Yeah, I don't know that I have either. Unlike, say, in Boston, where they, like, saunter through the streets. (laughs) They own the streets. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Wow, remember the nightmare rat? I do. I do remember that rat. That's the rat I'm thinking about very specifically, where it was just, like, we were behind it, but it was so clearly unafraid of us that it was just, like, sauntering. It was massive. Yeah. The size of a cat. It was small, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say small dog. I like cats, too, though. Like, no, no hyperbole. It was gross. That was probably one of the grosser things I've seen. <laughs> in my life. But yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah, there were mad rats in Boston. They would have fucked us up if it fought us. Would have been passive <laughs> in a battle to death. Luckily, that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't really think about those things often, though. I, I think recently we've been thinking a bit more about, like, the intersection of nature and cities like cj was saying with the the coyotes that live in chicago or like when we were in la we were at the natural history museum reading about the pumas that live in the park Mm -hmm. and like those are things you don't really think of in the suburbs so much about like the nature that intersects with your piece of nature Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty real wrote a whole book about it in fact (laughs) ah plug um (laughs) Hey, man, it is pretty real. And I kind of like that in some ways. I like how much green space New York City surprisingly has. And I think most cities, if you seek it out, it's a lot more manicured and curated than... Yeah, I certainly don't think that our park is like a nature preserve by any means. Our park is a nature preserve. Is it? Mm-hmm. Just kidding, I love <laughs> Not all New York City parks are nature preserves. No. Many of them are very, like, specifically designed to be for humans to enjoy. So yeah. it's not like we're saving the planet or anything. But it is interesting how those things, like, overlap, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think it's important, I think. But, like, this is actually me spouting an opinion. I think green space is important for people. And I think it's important for people in the city, too, to have that as an outlet for, like, you know, not everyone has to go, like hike and be as nature as me but like going to picnic or going for a run in the park or just like going to play baseball in the park and some of the fields they have i think makes a difference in quality of life 
and that's something important that's something that fortunately like 20th century urban planners were like oh hmm maybe we should put some trees in these like industrial hellscapes unless people will die of like various lung diseases you know um yeah and i think it it makes a difference living close to one you know in bushwick as much fun as i had there it was a chore to get to some parks you know the closest one to like what i have in inwood hill was uh the fresh pond and queens and it would have been like a, a two bus adventure it's like a still natural forested area out in like kind of the dead center of queens um and i just never went there like i could have but it was a chore sometimes i would go up to central park especially if i was i was working full time uh at rebecca school then so i would go after work or I would do whatever it'd be pretty easy to get there but really i didn't experience like urban hiking and urban nature until i lived up here and had i mean inwood hill right next door and then fort tryon's close and riverside park is really close and it makes big difference i think i think from a like property real estate perspective too the benefit of our situation is that we don't have a yard so this is not an apartment that can be marketed with a yard Mm -hmm. right which would increase our rent Mm -hmm. and we're not park view either Mm -hmm. like we're no view (laughs) but the park is like in proximity so we're paying like very decent rent to live in a place that's very close to green space yeah that's a good point and that's kind of a benefit whereas i know people pay premiums for yard spaces you know yeah yeah that's a really good point i never thought of that but it's true. We don't have any kind of premium, but we're maybe three blocks away from the park. Yeah. All, all uphill. Which <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. But I've always thought that that's like a very big benefit of this neighborhood when people are like, oh, why do you live all the way up there? Like the park is the first thing I say, because I think it like even shifts the kind of tone of the neighborhood, you mm-hmm. know, like this is a place that's in the city and very city-like, which I like, but it is like a place families live and a place people want to be because it's nice. It's not nice. Just kidding. Don't come here. (laughs) That's true. And there are a lot of people who do a lot of work to make the park nice. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not just like naturally nice because when you put this many people on a green space it gets fucked up and then other people have to come unfuck it up yeah i will say i think that's also one of the cool things is that having green space like this opens up opportunities for people to like partake in it right central park prospect park battery park all those places are cool and iconic and very new york but for those reasons their conservancies are like private nonprofit com- complex organizations so there are some volunteer days that they have occasionally, and you can do stuff with them. But up in these parks and smaller parks, and like really parks all over the city do this. It's not unique to Uptown, but just advocating for being close to parks. Like a lot of times there are friends groups or New York City parks or Natural Areas Conservancy will organize trail days or cleanup days or like planning days or just things that you can get involved in. Excuse me. They'll give you all the training on site and then you just go and plant some trees or like pick up some trash with one of those funky grabbers um (laughs) and you can do the thing if that's what you what you're into um you've done a bunch of those i have i like doing the uh because the inwood is like a natural forest there are there are trails cut through it 
uh, like blazed hiking trails. And so Natural Areas Conservancy does a lot of actual trail maintenance days. So I've done trail work akin to what people do on like the AT or in the Adirondacks and the Catskills, things like that. And just done that kind of like erosion control and step building and things like that in the park, which is really been pretty cool. It's been nice to have that experience because otherwise I we need to take the Metro North up to Hudson Valley, which I like to do to hike, but taking it up to like go work would be a different vibe. It's funny that you like to do that because it's like my nightmare of all the yard maintenance without the yard ownership. <laughs> <laughs> it's like volunteering to go to someone else's yard and like maintain it. Oh yeah. But in some ways it's my yard too, right? It's like that shared ownership we were talking about. Yeah. Right. Like I use those spaces a lot. I still like probably at least twice a month I hike by some of the erosion steps I built. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I made that shit. <laughs> um, I liked the tree planting one. We planted trees together twice, mm-hmm. and that was kind of fun. That's like enough yard experience for me, where like sometimes I want to plant some shit, and then it's like, wow, it's actually very hard to use a shovel in yeah. a way that you don't really realize until you're using a shovel, and then I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's nice as well that they give you those opportunities and you can kind of dip in and out of them without it having to be like consistently your problem. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a nice outlet for people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forget what else. I was going to say I thought I had something else for that, but not yet. Not right now. My biggest beef about No Yard, maybe my only beef about No Yard is what we were talking about a couple weeks ago that there's less of a garage sale culture here mm-hmm. I guess one of my beefs about New York in general which I talk about all the time is how people like never reasonably price their trash <laughs> and so you know, like in the suburbs there's so many garage sales everyone shit is out everything is so cheap and you get so much good stuff mm-hmm. and here like I will say that there are some, especially because we do live pretty close to a bunch of, like, individually owned townhouses. Mm -hmm. And I would say those people probably have garage sales more than... Even that stuff, though, I bet, is differently priced than... Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's like a hike. It's not like you can stumble upon one of those things, you yeah, know? And yeah, the, see the flyer. And then you have to, like, hike across the park <laughs> and, like, up the hill, and it's all a big thing. Yeah. We've never actually been to one, so I suppose I shouldn't be talking shit about them, because maybe they're great and we're just too lazy to go. Mm. But, I'm, and I'm also making a distinction between, like, a garage sale and, like, a street fair, because we have a ton of street fairs around here. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. There's something to me about just like a garage sale that I don't think I'll ever experience again out here. Yeah, I'd say too. I mean, the street fairs are always there, and like you can always haggle and do the thing with them if you need. But there is something, I suppose, like iconically suburban about what you were saying in the pre- previous podcast, like just driving around and be like, oh, look, a garage sale. Let's, pull up. <laughs> Let's double park here and go check it out. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> I think there's an energy to the street sales that like 
people are walking past you because it's literally still a sidewalk in front of a bunch of businesses. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so many people there and there's so much stuff in this small space. Whereas when I think about a garage sale, it's like you're just walking around someone's driveway, like in a very languid way, like kind of picking through their old clothes and stuff. <sighs> it's like very relaxed. Oh, yeah. Well, the street thing too. I mean, it's like a market. There's, probably 18 vendors lined up yeah. and you can haggle with everyone and if you don't like what someone's trying to sell you this like pot for you can just go look at the next person with cooking supplies and it's like different energy for sure yeah which is fine like i like a good street sale and i do a lot of those sorts of things but i think that like probably for the rest of my life i will miss the garage sale situation I have a friend who just moved back to Colorado and she was like, oh, I'm at an estate sale right now and I just bought something for $11. And I was like, man, this is what I'm saying. Just bought the deed to the property for $11. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's something I will miss. And actually, you know what? On the flip side, I will miss never having or never getting to have a yard sale. Wow. Like in my adulthood, you know? Mm. Like... I think maybe as a child, I was, like, excited about that um, because my mom would always let us keep, like, the proceeds from our stuff that we sold, I think, to encourage us to just, like, get shit out of her house. <laughs> and so I could make, like, a hundred bucks at a garage sale. That made me feel super rich, you yeah. know? And, like, I would like to do that now. Imagine if, like, all the stuff that we donate constantly, we were able to sell for money at our garage sale. Mm. And we'll never really do that because we're not part of the street sale culture yeah. you know like yeah. that's not for us and so we'll never be able to just like put things out on our driveway and have people come take them away for money yeah. we literally cannot force people here to take our things away for money it's impossible yeah that's true it's a growing concern <laughs> so yeah that's my only beef i think about not having a yard otherwise fuck it never again yeah it's pretty fair i would say another thing that doesn't matter so much for us but something i would say people might think about and that makes city living it's like tangential to the yard but driveways right like i have no ambitions to own a car i know you feel similar similarly it's a hard word to say like <laughs> in the flow um but if people have goals of like car ownership and want to do the thing in the city, then like a driveway, you know, sometimes if you just have a backyard space, which a lot of apartments do, that's one thing. But if you have like a front yard space, sometimes it comes a driveway, especially places like Queens, Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and that's something some people might want or need or aspire to any or some combination of those three. That doesn't really... I think that would significantly stress me out, to be honest with you. And it seems a little bit like it stresses those people out, too, because when you're walking past them, they always have those signs that are like, please, for the love of God, do not park here. Like, right. I feel like people would constantly be parking, like either like touching your driveway or like right in front of your driveway or just in some sort of way that makes it difficult for you to use your driveway. And that would stress me out so much. Because, like, imagine you're rolling out to, like, get in your car to go to the, like, to go to work in the morning, and there's just someone, like, in your way. Hmm. That'd be hard. That'd suck. Suck in the winter, too. Having, like, ice it, or de-ice it, rather. 
and yeah i've actually never it. shoveled snow in uh, my life man. so i think if i need it like if that were part of my responsibility it would very much deter me from wanting to have like a yard driveway situation because <laughs> hmm. i've always lived somewhere where that's been my landlord's responsibility right hmm. i mean you're not missing out shoveling snow is like yeah, I'm pretty sure I never want to do it. It's not like I see people doing it in movies and I'm like, oh man, wish that were me. <laughs> I look so cool. <laughs> yeah. Unlike when I'm watching a movie set in like Hawaii or Australia or something. <laughs> I'm never like, oh man, should probably move to suburban Ohio. <laughs> wow, look at him sweating under eight layers. Looks <laughs> <laughs> so enjoyable, relaxing. Um, yeah, agreed. I don't miss shoveling snow. I do it a lot in Massachusetts. I do it a little bit in North Carolina, too. North Carolina was more about de-icing because you get, like, a little bit of, like, really freezing rain or, like, slushy snow, mm-hmm. and then it melts and freezes, melts and freezes as the temperature fluctuates, and so a lot of the driveway care there is, like, salting, sanding, taking, like, a chipper, chipping away. Um, and that's pretty tedious work, too. Maybe worse than shoveling. I don't know. I also think, and I'm not entirely sure about this because I've never had to maintain one, but it seems, based on all the television I've watched, that it kind of takes a lot of resources to make your yard look nice. Mm. Like, when people do those like backyard renovation shows, they have to have a pretty hefty budget mm-hmm. for that sort of thing. You know, like planters and like building a little patio and the furniture and everything it like all kind of adds up and then if you have to maintain your driveway and stuff i would imagine at some point that stuff needs to be like repaved and whatnot and yeah. none of that is particularly cheap no and yeah it's not the sort of thing i want to be spending my money on i think yeah it's a good point it is a lot of uh expenditures that they are a lot of expenditures that's probably better um driveways especially i think my parents every two or three years have to get redone once again just because of the winters down there like if you get like a little crack right then with all that all like the winter temperature is going from above below above below freezing it just makes those cracks so much worse can you imagine how angry i would be if i had to like spend money on replacing concrete in a driveway yeah yeah it's pretty bad um and the gardens, it can be. There are ways around it. My parents have always been pretty budget conscious with the gardening. Like, depends on what you use. So, like, one thing, we used to be able to get mulch pretty much for free in Massachusetts because we had some connections. But then when we moved to North Carolina, that wasn't the case. And mulch is a pretty expensive thing, even though it's, like, important for pest control and, like, water retention, erosion control, things like that. Turns out, we, as we were like driving around, we saw a lot of people just use pine needles for mulch. And over time, the pine settles and like the bottom layers get wet. Um, and it's a pretty popular thing that landscapers do in Carolina to cut costs with clients who want that. And so, I forget, maybe my dad or my mom talked to someone who's in landscaping about it. And they're like, yeah, just get some pine needles. And so, we had all these pine trees in our forest. So, then it became a lot of work. And we were like, to rake them all up yeah. and everything. But now every year, I think they just rake up pine needles that fall and then spread the pine needles that are naturally in our yard, right? And that's a big, like, cost save. Um, 
I feel like that's the thing with yards, though, is you're either spending a lot of money or you're doing a lot of work. Yeah, sometimes both, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, definitely sometimes both. One time we we tried really hard, me, my dad, my brother, when he was down. This is when he was living in Asheville, so he was up and down occasionally. This is like a multi-month summer project. We tried to build this irrigation system. Oh, man, Young House Love put in their own irrigation system, and they hated it. Yeah, Whew, that was hard. That was, like, <laughs> probably the hardest, like, yard work thing I've ever done. Like, you had to dig the trench, you had to, like, lay the piping. The piping was a fucking nightmare. It was, like, <laughs> never lined up right, so we'd have to dig up the trench again and, like, fix either, like, because it, was, it had, like, a bend in it. Yeah. And so it's hard to get things to line up. So then we'd have to like dig up the muddy spot when we saw it and like retighten it. And it was, it was a fiasco. It ended up not even really working. It worked a little bit. So that was really hard. And I think, I mean, it wasn't, I it was like a sophomore in high school. So I don't know how much money it cost really. Didn't ask. I just dug trenches, uh, <laughs> like a world war one <laughs> private, you know? Uh, so I don't know, but I imagine it wasn't, like the cheapest of projects yeah uh so yeah sometimes it is both work and money yeah yards are something i'm very happy to either just see pictures of other people's or go to the park and not deal with it Mm. yeah that feels feels pretty right i i don't know i would try like a very small yard again if given the opportunity like Maybe not even, or maybe like a terrace, like the fire escape I have going on, which we'll talk about in a future podcast. I don't know, I like... But like a legal, like, balcony sort of terrace. Yeah. That'd be cool. I don't know, I like the, I like the growing of things outside. I think it's a nice aesthetic. I like being outside. I really don't mind yard work. I don't like lawn work, if that makes sense. I really yeah. don't like mowing the lawn. That always felt just like... Sisyphusian to me. I feel like, <laughs> especially once again in Carolina, it rains so much there over the summer that really every weekend I just have to mow the lawn. Yeah. And I just, it was like, why do we have this? Why does it matter? I mean, there are reasons to like have a lawn, but like angsty 16 year old Donnie was like, this is the dumbest thing. We should live on a mud pit. I don't know what we're doing with this lawn thing that every week grows like crazy. Um, and then weed whacking was, I don't know, kind of fun, but not as fun. I would, if I had a choice between that and doing the lawn mowing for the weekend, I would always pick the weed whacking. I think that's a little more fun. Oh, I always had to do both. Mm. It was like part of the same chore. Yeah, but I don't mind actually working in gardens. I kind of like that. And like getting dirty, doing the thing, planting. I mean, you do that indoors too with your with your pots. But there's, I don't know, there's yeah, something indoor gardening forever. <laughs> I don't know, there's something a little bit different about actually doing it outside. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a different ball game. You gotta control for the whole like soil area, you know, which is kind of a challenge. So I don't know. I don't like I said. I, it's not something I necessarily aspire to to have a lawn of any like great size. To the point where, like, I would need to consider erosion control. I'm, I'm content to like keeping that to being on trail teams in the park when those volunteer opportunities come and doing that work. 
Fair. Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.